We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Spurs Up Show presented by the Armchair Americans. I am your host, Chris Phillips. Joined, as always, by my co-host and my colleague, Thomas Floyd. Uh, we are back again for episode 46 of a packed show for you guys today. But first, if you're not subscribed yet, Thomas can attest. I'm not sure what you're really doing at this point if you're listening and not subscribed to us yet on anywhere anywhere you listen to your podcast. Be sure to go online, rate, subscribe, share, and download the Spurs Up Show on iTunes, the Stitcher app, wherever you consume your media, wherever you consume your podcast. Not only... Does it help us out? But, Tom, not sure if you knew this. It actually helps other people find us as well. So if there's other Gamecock fans that maybe somehow haven't heard of us, it will help them find us. So please be sure to go online. We prefer you leave a five-star review. But if not, tell us how you feel. Let us know we can improve. We you know, we obviously love to hear all the feedback. Obviously, Honesty follow us on is our, key. Honesty is key. Obviously, be sure to follow us on all of our social media accounts on Twitter at ArmchairSCar. Uh, that's ArmchairSCAR on Twitter. Instagram at ArmchairSCarolina. We're getting a big Instagram push over the last week or so doing our countdown to kickoff. Uh, and like I mentioned, this podcast is brought to you by the Armchair Americans. Please be sure to visit ArmchairAmericans.com for all of your latest breaking Gamecock news and coverage. And, of course, our podcast and the other sports needs you may have. We cover everything from professional to college as well. Um, so, like I mentioned, I'm joined as always with my co-host, Tom Floyd. Tom, how's it going? Uh, how how you been doing this week? It's great. Great week. Great big things. Great big, big news. Great to have you back on. And I, like I said, right before we went on the air, we were supposed to record last night our normal, you know, Tuesday night slot, post the show on Wednesday. Really glad we got pushed back because today was a huge, huge news day. Uh, in Gamecock country. And we're going to get to all of it in just a second, but of course, we got some segments to get to. I want to start first. Your overreaction of the week, Tom, go ahead. My overreaction of the week is that South Carolina losing Brian Bowen to the NBA isn't a big deal. I just, like, I think he would have been a great player for us, and he probably, but he was a one year rental, obviously, for his, for that, and actually, he could play in. And I just, like, he would have been a really good player, but if you didn't see this coming at this point, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I, I kind of have to agree with you. I mean, it, it's – trust me, it sucked at first when I first heard the news. And especially when you, you know, first Raheem Felder not coming back, then – or, you know, not being dismissed from the team. And then this a huge slap. But it, it was – you know, the thing about it is at the end, it was a risk that Frank Martin took, and you knew this could have been the outcome. So, uh, we'll, get a, we'll get a lot more into that in a little bit. Obviously, that's one of our huge stories. Uh, my yeah. reaction of the week, Tom – 
you know, South Carolina will host a Super Regional. So not sure. I'm sure everyone saw, actually. Um, South Carolina will be heading to Greenville for the regional rounds of the NCAA baseball tournament, which we're going to get to in a little bit more, break everything down. Um, my reaction, again, South Carolina is going to host a Super Regional. So South Carolina is sitting at the two seed. I think South Carolina has got a very good chance to win that regional. Uh, East Carolina hosts, you know, the other teams in the regional are Ohio State and UNC Wilmington, which I think are very, very manageable opponents for South Carolina. I think, you know, South Carolina is a team that I don't think anybody wanted to see in their regional as far as a one seed is concerned. And uh, I, I'd put South Carolina's chances of winning the regional fairly high, Tom. I don't know about you. Uh, they're actually paired up with the Fayetteville regional, which is Arkansas's regional, which obviously, cool. as we know, South Carolina did not have the best of luck with Arkansas in the SEC tournament and the regular season. They lost two or three of them in the regular season, got blown out in the SEC tournament, but but, and here's my overreaction, I took, you know, taking a look at the regional, obviously I help out a little bit with the caught looking show with John Gillen and Tyler King and those armchair college baseball guys. Uh, that regional is very, very intriguing and probably one of the tougher ones. My overreaction, South Carolina is not only going to win their regional, but Arkansas will get knocked off in their regional and South Carolina will host a super regional at Founders Park the following weekend. So we'll see what happens. Um, all right. So moving ahead. Um we, we heard you guys' feedback. We're going to change things up a little bit with our other segment. Instead of this week in Tater News, what we realize is while the world of orange and purple is a hilarious one and most of the time absurd, we realize why limit it to one fan base? Why limit it to one fan base and why limit it to one sector story? So now we're going to be shifting, Tom, to our favorite news story of the week because there are so many, and I do not want to put a cap on your creative genius. So with that being said, I'm going to start first this time. My favorite news story of the week, Tom, Ray Tanner is on the hot seat, not by us, not by, you know, not by us. We had this conversation beforehand and Tom didn't even know what I was talking about. Oh, yes, Tom, Ray, Ray Tanner is on the hot seat yep. for a couple of reasons. Number one, I want to start with the college baseball, NCAA baseball tournament. Ray Turner's on the hot seat with Cle- Ray Tanner, I should say, is on the hot seat with Clemson fans. So Clemson fans basically saying that the conspiracy theory behind why Clemson was not a top eight national seed is because of the Ray Tanner effect. He shouldn't be allowed to be on the, you know, Ray Tanner's on the, I forget, the board for college baseball or whatnot, you know, whatever the official title that he has is. Basically, he's on the committee that determines who are the national seeds, who are the hosts, who gets in the tournament period. Clemson was left out of the top eight national seeds, and Twitter, Clemson Twitter, had a complete meltdown putting saying that Ray Tanner was the cause of it and the reason they were on a top eight national seed, which was absolutely hilarious. Part two of Ray Tanner being on the hot seat. Um, one of our competitors, if you will, I will not name the podcast, but uh, two fairly big South Carolina personalities. You most likely follow their work and may or may not follow them. Again, I'm not going to drop any names, but two of the bigger South Carolina personalities give, giving basically Ray Tanner all of the heat for Brian Bowen not being eligible, saying that Ray Tanner is not stern enough with the NCAA that he's basically not doing his jobs as an AD heading a corporation like South Carolina is a money-making machine. So Ray Tanner is on the hot seat from many, many different angles. And I think it's absolutely hilarious. So that is by far my favorite news story of the week. Yeah. I think Ray Tanner being on the hot seat is probably one of the stupidest. <laughs> it's like, not even like, okay. The Clemson part I can kind of get because he beat you in, I think, we beat him in two World Series, right? One of, College World I, Series. Yes, and I'll, I'll go back to that really quickly, not to cut you off. One of my favorite tweets from the week, though, about that is that a South Carolina fan replied to, I think, some you know media member's tweet about saying how ridiculous it was. And the, the fan said, 
I don't think Ray Tanner did this, but I really, really hope he did this. Yeah. And I thought they just summed it up so well. It's like, you know what? There's no way Ray Tanner did this, but God, if he did do it, it's so great. Yeah. Well, <laughs> my um my news story of the week, favorite news story of the week was the fact that some Tennessee fan had the ball sack to go to Williams Bryce for whatever reason he was there, couldn't tell you, and take a picture of holding up a ball's flag in front of Willie B. And the amount of replies that he got back roasting him to death, he got, he got bodied. He got it was, bodied. It was, it, was, it was horrible. He you know, had players, Keyshawn Nixon coming after him. Yeah. He got bodied. He was like, I think Keyshawn Nixon has turned into like one of my favorite players because like how like, intense he is. He's great yeah. on Twitter. His Twitter scene is unreal. But that guy just being an idiot just deserves all the smoke that he get, he's getting for this. Yeah, like I said, he got absolutely put in a body bag. There's no question. It was absolutely fantastic yeah. to watch. So, um, yes, ab- fantastic pick there, Tom. I like that story as well. So, want to jump into our, you know, bigger stories of the week. Obviously, like I said, it was a busy week and really glad we waited to record until today because a lot happened today. Um, but first, we want to get into something that happened last week, last Friday, something that caught me very much so by surprise. I'm not sure about you, Tom. I know you're more so of our recruiting guru, but I knew of nothing. I did not know any announcement coming. Last Friday, Zach Pickens, five-star defensive end from T.L. Hanna. That's the high school, correct? Mm-hmm. T.L. Hanna, five-star defensive end, commits to South Carolina, uh, class of 2019. Huge, huge, huge pickup. You know, I got to say, not to take it back to Twitter, Tom, but I have not seen Twitter blow up like that over a something, you know, regarding South Carolina, especially a recruit, maybe since Jadavion Clowney. I, I mean, it, it, the the outburst was crazy. But talk a little bit about Zach Pickens. Obviously, again, you're our recruiting guru. I'm going to let hand it over to the expert. Talk about Pickens, sort of what it means for the class. I mean, I, I saw South Carolina jump, I think, from 14th to 7th maybe. I could yeah, be wrong there. Yeah, there's 7 in the composite now, I think. Oh, yeah, 24-7. But- yeah, but just talk about overall what it means as far as him as a player, as an individual, and then talk about what it means for that class moving forward. I mean, it's huge, obviously. That's uh, Will Muschamp's first five-star recruit that he's going to have be committed and most likely without something absolutely changing him coming to the University of South Carolina. He's a guy that – he was a take for everybody in the country. And if you're a fool, if you're a Clemson fan or any other kind of fan, you say he's not a take for y'all. That's the real reason South Carolina got him. It's just – it's not true. No one really saw this commit coming. Um, from did, did from he Rick. have did he have that announced that he was no, going to announce that on Friday? I mean, he, just, I, he just randomly did it. This came out of but nowhere. Okay. Apparently, um, from what I was reading on some different boards, it was said that like Will Muschamp knew he was sort of already a silent commit, but they were just waiting on him to actually announce. And the funniest part about this entire thing is that Brent Venables, Clemson defense coordinator, was at the freaking spring <laughs> game when he committed. I'm like. Dude, you could not pick a better time to do that. But he's just – I mean, he's huge because that shows you that we can win on the defensive line in recruiting battles because we lost on Xavier Thomas, K.J. Henry, and more last year. And it, everybody was, like, calling for Lance Thompson's head now that everybody loves him. But – Exactly. God, he's just – I mean, you can't speak enough volumes because when people see recruits like Zach Pickens go to South Carolina, it makes them want to go to South Carolina because they're seeing have, have other you- talented guys are going. Have you watched a ton of film on him? I mean, what's his biggest he's, like, like strengths so, and what do you think he'd need to work on? I mean, he's, he's, if he, it depends on what position he plays in college because he's a little bit of a bigger kid. He's like 6'5, uh, 270 right now, I think. But yeah, I've heard him, I've heard him compared to like a Melvin Ingram esque type guy. Well, I would think more. He, I've heard, the one I've heard a lot is Reggie White, which is like, 
I know a huge comparison, but it's like it's a similar play style. He can play style of player. Yeah. Well, my thing, he would play similar role to Kier Thomas in that he'd be on the edge in um, on passing downs and then be inside on like first and second down and then move to the out. Move to the no. Okay, he would be on the outside on first and second down and then move to the inside on third down. Just have an elite pass rusher. I mean, going against a guard, you're not gonna right. not take that, but. From what I've seen on his film, he's really good against the run, which is something that we could re- – like, he's similar to DJ Wanham in that he's just going to shut down the edge every time. And he does a good job against Patrick, too. I mean, I, my thing is if he decides to keep his career inside and want to stay there, he's got to gain more weight probably. But he's got the frame, and if he wants to stay on the edge, he's just got to shed a few pounds. But that's always the thing with defensive linemen is weight, weight control. So we'll see how it works out. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, it, it's huge to show that South Carolina can win a recruiting battle on the defensive line. And like we've yeah. feel like we've beaten a dead horse talking about last year, the guys they missed out on, obviously picked up a few late, but really, you know, missed out on a lot of the bigger recruiting battles, defensive linemen. And to get this one so early, um, I could have put this in the overreaction of the week, but, you know, there were a lot of people on Twitter talking about this could be, you know, because you think about, you know, the recruiting class for 2019 right now. I mean, I'm not going to name them all off because I don't know, but the two that come off the top of my head is Zach Pickens, obviously, and then you have Ryan Holinsky, the quarterback, who's probably – I saw probably going to get bumped to a five-star. I mean, I could have read that. Really. Yeah, mean, decent chance. A, high, depends on high, what website you use, really. Right, right. Either way, he's an elite quarterback, you know, high four-star, whatever. He's a top a lot of, five, six-ish quarterback, in my right. opinion. Right. So, you know, a lot of people with the hot takes is we basically saying that they think this could be and a lot of established people saying this too, not just fans, that this could be the best, maybe the best recruiting class in South Carolina history. Doubt do you history? think it's too early? Do you think it's too early to make a claim like that? Or do you really think that this could be the first big domino that falls to get some other guys? They would have to have a lot of pieces fall into place. Like, you probably have to have like five more four stars and other, and if they were, you probably have to get a five star, one more five star, probably four four stars, and I and a high three. If that's how I many, I think we have like ten spots left, maybe something like that. You, it would be. I would doubt it's the best class ever, but it could it could easily be top three, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, what is the best class ever? What's the best ranked class? It, it had to be one of Spurrier's, right? Like the sixth yeah, or seventh I'm assu- ranked? I'm assuming that he's he's been top five. I think they went a top five class one time, maybe. I think that was probably the one. Maybe okay. the one that included, like, Gilmore and Jeffrey and all of them. That one was probably pretty high. They were right. all, I think because they were all the same year. Right, right, right. I, I want to say, I swear to you, I think the highest they ever got was sixth or seventh. I don't think they got above that, to be honest. I, I don't know. I because even, you know, that's what I try to tell people, even those years when Spurrier was recruiting so well, I mean, they were normally finishing between 12th and 15th, I thought. But I could be wrong. I mean, but, for us, though, like, for at that time, at that point in time, for, that was, like, huge for us. Oh, yeah. No, I, I mean, I think it'd still be huge now. But, I mean, I, this, the thing this is, class. You can, come, you can come, like, 10th in the country and be 5th in the SEC. It's just how ridiculous it is. Yeah, I mean, I, I was going to say that this class has to have a pretty strong potential to be a top ten class. Would would you not? I mean, uh, would you not that. agree? Or, yeah, they yeah, could be top sure. ten. They would have to have. I mean, again, they'd have to have a lot of pieces falling in place. But it's, it's right, possible. right. But it, but they're but with you know Muschamp leading the way and T. Rob and all those guys, I, I think they there's a decent chance they're going to get a couple guys there. 
yeah, they're yeah, uh, they're targeting. Fine. So we'll see. Well, I, I definitely think it it definitely doesn't hurt to have a guy like Zach Pickens commit and kind of be vouching for South Carolina. And because, like you said, great players want to play with great players. Like they want to have the chance to win championships and to win championships. You got to have great players, and when you know a kid's like that's going there, you're like, hey, I'm going to go play with him. Let's see if we can win a title. So yeah, you never know. It'll be interesting. Um, in that next next tidbit, next piece of football news came today. Um. On a little bit of the less positive side, obviously, Bryce Thompson, the athlete from Dutch Fork, will be playing college football in the SEC next year, and it will not be at South Carolina. Bryce Thompson has enrolled or will be enrolling uh, at the University of Tennessee. Tom, you know, this news came out today, and I first read it, and I'm mad. And I don't know who to be mad at, but I'm mad. I'm mad that they didn't land him, but I don't know – like, I don't know what else they could have done if his if his academics weren't there for us. Then I don't understand how they were there for Tennessee. And, here, so and he's I'm taking summer sure. classes, which is what a bunch of early enroll or like summer enrollees do. Is they take summer classes, but I don't. I just don't. I'm, get not, it. I'm not trying to put down South Carolina. Obviously, we're South Carolina guys, but how do you not get into South Carolina, but you can get into Tennessee? I mean, are I mean, is it that much easier? Like, I don't know about Tennessee. Like. Because, I mean, let's be honest, like, it's, you know, South Carolina, it's not like it's Vanderbilt. It, it's not like it's impossible to get in. I, that That's the thing that confuses me. I mean, how bad were his grades, really? And you know what the most interesting about interesting thing about this is? I'm not sure if you saw on Twitter, but Rob Prophet, who is a guy who's a friend of our, you know, friend of the show, friend yeah. of Armchair South Carolina, a friend of mine, um, he actually had the take that if South Carolina, if Will Muschamp wanted Bryce Thompson, that they would have taken him. They, he could have came to school. He basically thinks that Will, Will Muschamp and those guys came to the point where they didn't want him anymore. Well, I mean, if it's a character is a, issue, and it could be a character issue, and we don't know, that could very well be true. That he could have gotten in and came. They just were like, nope, we don't want him. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things we may not know for a year, two years, three. We may never know if he, you yeah. know, we, we may really never I mean, know. But I mean, he could flame out at Tennessee and never do anything. It's but just I, such a, like it sucks because a, he had the potential. I mean, it just sucks when you hear a guy. What was it, Steve Tannehill, say that he's? Or no, no, it wasn't Steve Tannehill. It was, it was uh, the coach, at, the coach at Hammond who used to play. It was, uh, uh, I can't think of his name, but Eric Kimry. Yeah, maybe that was a guy. I right, I think it was Eric. I'm going to say it was Eric Kimry. If I'm wrong, I will. But former Gamecock, you know, obviously has the best interest of the South Carolina program in his, you know, in his sights or whatever. It basically, yeah. said that he was the best player he'd ever coached. Well, he used and, to play – Bryce Thompson used to play at Ben Lippin, which is a private school that is like rivals with Hammond, and he, ever, he had to play against him. That's why he was like, yeah, the kid's a freak. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it sucks again because I remember when, we, when he committed to South Carolina and everyone – we were so hyped, and it just yeah. sucks to see him not get to fulfill that and not see him in a Gamecock uniform. And not only to not see him in a Gamecock uniform, but to have to see him in a Tennessee uniform. That, that's you're going to play him every that year. To me, that, to me, is what pisses me off the most. If he had went to – like, like somewhere eight. in the – if he had went to somewhere in the West, if he had went to Arkansas, if he had went to not Mississippi like, State. I mean, it's – I would have said not in the SEC. I would like then just not care unless it's Clemson, obviously, but – Right. I just – I don't know. It sucks to see him go to Tennessee because of how much we just absolutely hate Tennessee. Right. And like you said, you got to play him every year. And, I mean, yeah. the thing is, like, I don't want to hate the kid because, like I said, I don't know who to be mad at. I'm mad at – I'm not mad at the kid. I, I'm mad at the fact that he didn't come to South Carolina. 
I'm mad at the fact he didn't do what he needed to do. If he like it, the bottom line is, if you really want to come to South Carolina and you know you need a certain grade to get there, you're going to do it. So you must not have really wanted to come that bad. So I don't know. I sound like his dad right now, but whatever. And anyways, Bryce Thompson going to be wearing Tennessee orange, which God rest his soul. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, next piece of news released today: the South Carolina Georgia kickoff. Announced for 3.30, CBS. Tom, I'm excited about it. I'm pumped for it. I really wish it would have been a night game. Yeah. I I do. I think everyone did. I saw your tweet today. You're like, how is this not a night game? I'm pumped, though. Who are they putting over us on CBS for a 7.30 kickoff? Dude, they're not putting anyone over us. CBS has first dibs. No, but I'm saying, like, okay, but who's playing at 7.30 on CBS that makes it where we can't play on 7.30? That's what I no, want to know. Is no one playing at seven thirty? No, no, they don't have a doubleheader that day. What the? the why are we playing at three? That's oh, it makes me that's so what, mad. That's what, that's what I'm saying, though. That's what I'm saying, Tom. CBS has first dibs, so they look so at all stupid. the list of games. They could have taken Texas A&M and Clemson, and everybody's saying like, "Oh, well, they didn't take them because that's a better game because A and M, you know, A&M Clemson getting no, no. The CBS game, when CBS is mine, that is the SEC game of the week. That is the best game. So. I mean, I don't hate the three thirty slot. I hate the three thirty slot in September when it's yeah. gonna be oh gosh. It's gonna be it's gonna be ninety eight at kickoff. Hey, what hey drink light beer that day and if you wanna go liquor route, please go vodka because whiskey will be a disaster. Yeah, for a fact. <laughs> and maybe hey, mix bad. in mix in a water or two or if nothing else, power rate in vodka if you gotta do it. Pedialyte and vodka. <laughs> but yeah. It's a nasty combination. Yeah, you know, anyways, I think it'll be a raucous crowd either way, like I said today on Twitter. And, I mean, like I said, I don't mind the 3.30 kickoff. I mean, I, I've been a huge fan. I've almost gotten used to South Carolina having, like, these these 4 o'clock kickoffs. On the well, because the last three years we've been yeah, so. And like, Well, and like you said, too, though, South Carolina the last yet yeah, last year, you had the two night games just shit the bed. So maybe it's better off that. You don't put this one at night. Give it a three thirty game. I mean, remember twenty ten Alabama was at three thirty, and there's some yeah. good things that have happened at three thirty for South Carolina. But the uh, the first, well, I guess let's see the what the last time it was a three thirty CBS game was two thousand fourteen when South Carolina won thirty eight thirty five. So you know we'll, we'll see. You never know. You never know. We'll we'll see. What Maybe happens. we'll get the two hour lightning delay again. And yeah, two hour lightning to get the. Dude, I, I have the best story about that. I have to tell it now. Uh, for that game, my buddy, my best friend of mine, actually stays at the the lofts at USC behind the cockabooses or whatever. We yeah. tailgate there every game, whatever. Absolute blast. So I go in there. I get in there about – get in the stadium about 2.45, 3 o'clock, whatever. Get in before kickoff. And obviously the, the lightning delay happens. And obviously we've been tailgating all day, been drinking a pretty good bit, having a good time. Tailgate stuff, you know, no, the norm. Yeah. That two-hour – that, that lightning delay hits – they're like, you know, your tickets are good for reentry. I just, I ran right back to the tailgate, got an extra two hours of tailgating in. That, that was, I, I've told you this before, Tom. That 2014 Georgia game is probably my favorite game I've ever. That's been. one of the craziest games I've ever watched. Like easily, it's, it's tied with my favorite game I ever went to with 2013 Clemson. I don't think I've ever been in a stadium that got that nuts because I wasn't in the stadium for 2012 Georgia, unfortunately. So first year we beat Clemson in the five in a row. I was at that game. That was probably the best one I've ever been to because I remember. I can't remember who – I think C.J. Spiller maybe took the kickoff back, and yeah, my dad was, was like, we might as well leave. 
My dad's like, do you remember remember in that game, the opening kickoff was they stopped him and it was like a penalty. So they had to re-kick and he took the next one back for a touchdown. Well, I just remember my dad's like, he's like the one guy who always is like, if, if we, if we start off the game bad, he's like, all right, let's just go home. I don't want to sit here through this. And he's just, that's exactly how he is at every game. Cause I remember one time when Tebow came to Carolina and beat the absolute dog crap out of us. I think we left by half time. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was that was miserable. I, I know exactly what year you're talking about. Two out, I think it was 2000, 2008. Yeah, something like that. I was gonna say nine, but probably yeah. yeah. That was, that that was miserable. Um, yeah. but yeah, anyways, Georgia three thirty kickoff CBS should be a ton of fun. I think South Carolina Tom realistically does still have a chance to get game day. I think South Carolina needs to pull for Texas A&M to lose week one. Who do they? I think they uh-huh. have a pretty solid at a non conference opponent. We need to be. I don't know. Special about see. Like Anyways, yeah, I, I think, but I, I just really do think if if Georgia's going to be top five, I think South Carolina should be ranked. You know, I think they should be they should ranked twenty fifth. If they beat Coastal pretty well, they should be twenty five. I, bro, I wouldn't be surprised if South Carolina's twenty fifth the first week. I, I yeah. really wouldn't. I mean, I, I, coaches I, poll means nothing, but like, or AP poll, it really doesn't mean anything either. But. Right, right. I, I wouldn't be shocked. That's all I'm saying. So, fairly good chance for game day. We'll kind of see if we get closer. And the the first week and I guess third week kickoffs will be announced later in the summer. So, obviously, we'll all be looking forward to that. Pray to God, Coastal is a night game. Uh, um, moving, yeah, yeah, just please not noon. That's that's all I'm saying. Not yeah. noon on September 1st. Please, dear God. Um, yeah, moving to basketball. Um, the big news of the day, Brian Bowen is headed to the NBA. Um, you know, something obviously a long time coming. The craziest part is the NCAA had until I guess what tomorrow to make the their official decision on Brian Bowen, and they still have not come up with anything. But apparently, according to sources, basically told Bowen that he would be suspended for the entire year, if not longer. I saw possibly he'd have been suspended for two years. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, Tom, just. <laughs> I know you have some strong feelings. Talk about your just your reaction to finding out the Bowen news today. Were you surprised? And I mean, what do you think it means for Carolina basketball moving forward? I mean, I wasn't surprised because of the the lateness of his like I guess like him finding out. I was just shocked at the fact that like they actually said no for two years you can't play because or three years really because he couldn't play this year because of what his dad did and took money. It's something that he didn't even have anything to do with according to I mean he's telling he's telling him he's telling him himself, but it's just hard to see that you're it's the NCAA the National College Association is of athletes, right? Isn't that my right, right on that or wrong on that? Athletic Association, yeah, as far as I know. Yeah. Well, Okay, my thing is, and the NCAA is supposed to push academics over athletics. The kid literally tweeted all he wanted to do was just go to college and get an education for another year. And they told him, no, you would be able to sit out basketball, which is – I'm sorry, but when you go to school play basketball, if you want to play basketball, you're not going to learn get an education. I don't care what he says. He's going to play basketball. And he would have right, been right. a really good player for us. And it, the NCAA is just like, no. But I bet my something that if he would have been at Duke, Kansas, North Carolina – any of those powerhouse schools, and this player would have said, I want to come back and play. His case would have been solved, like, last year in October or whenever it was that he actually came and said – the kids at Auburn were found to be eligible. They're, they're getting to play. So Yeah, it's freaking I, I, I don't ridiculous. Know. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll tell you this. I know earlier, you know, your kind of overreaction was losing Bowen's not really a big deal. I, 
have to completely disagree. I, I just think from my overall program perspective and looking ahead, I think it's devastating. I mean, I, I saw the news today and just – it's just another black eye on the South Carolina okay. basketball program. And, I, again, you know, it's, it's a risk that Frank Martin knew of when he took him, when he took Brian Bowen. But just to kind of get – I think Gamecock fans really got their hopes up, especially, again, especially when you lose Rakeem Felder as well due to – you know, the getting kicked off the team and then this happens. I, I just all of the good positive feelings about, you know, South Carolina fans are saying, okay, 2017, 2018 was a year we were, you know, we lost 70% of our scoring, whatever. We're, you know, we've got Felder coming back. We got Bowen. We got these recruits. 2018, 2019 is going to be a different story. We're going to make a run back at the NCAA tournament. And I feel like all of those feelings have just gone away. So, I, I mean, the NCAA, though, I agree with you 100% failed Brian Bowen. I mean, our, our, you know, colleague Ben Parsons, who helps us out with Armchair South Carolina, put up a great tweet just saying that, you know, how is it that Cam Newton only gets one game and Brian Bowen gets two years? It, yeah. it just doesn't make it. It just doesn't make. And Cam Newton sense. actually, like, broke a laptop and is, like, known for taking money. So, so right. they, they, and, at this point, it's just ridiculous. And, and like you said, I mean, if he was at a bigger – if he was at a bigger school, like a Kansas, like a Duke, like a North Carolina – you just have to wonder. You have to wonder. I mean, he, most likely he's eligible. If, if yeah. nothing else, I think there's a decision. If nothing else, I mean, the fact that the NCAA still hasn't come out and said anything is is just failing the kid. I, I mean, how long does it take? It's just it, it's again. This is another situation like Bryce Thompson, where I just I, I I looked at this news and I don't know who to be upset about, who to be upset at. But you've got to be upset at the NCAA, obviously, for just kind of failing this kid again. I mean, the NCAA, we all know, just a crooked institution. And I, I don't know. I mean, again, I'm not going to say anything negative about Frank Martin due to my being absolutely wrung out to dry on Twitter the last time I did. But, yeah, you know, I, I mean, I, and I, this isn't Frank Martin's fault. This is not Frank Martin's fault, but it was a risk he took. And, and well, it was a – okay, I think it – I agree. I saw someone tweet that it was a no risk, all reward. And I kind of yeah, agree right. because like he didn't, he's not losing anything except he got the hopes of fans up that he would be able to play. Right. But other right. than that, like and his, and his job is not to, I mean, he should, he, I, I wouldn't have, listen, I wouldn't have said in the beginning, no, he a hundred percent of the right thing in taking him. I, I yeah. like, it sucks obviously, but at least I, I guess if the, maybe the one positive thing that came out of it is that, all of those guys got to practice against a guy like Brian Bowen for yeah. the entire season. I mean, I, I, that's the only positive I can really see in it. I mean, it sucks for the kid too. I mean, like you said, if he really, he really just wanted to play a year of college basketball. I mean, I really believe that. So, um, I mean, it sucks for the kid, but, and I, I think Bowen's probably going to have a pretty tough transition going to the G league. I mean, again, I, I think it hurts for sure that he hasn't played at all at the college level. Yeah. I mean, I have to only imagine what that, that adjustment and transition is going to be like at the G league, but, I, I don't know. It, it just, you know, we're so far removed from basketball season right now. Again, it's hard for me to like really get deep into bat, you, you know, Carolina basketball, but it, it just, it puts a real, real damper on looking ahead of this 2018 season and, and the prospects of what it could have been, you know what yeah. I mean? So. Well, I saw Brad Crawford tweet out the potential starting lineup of like, Rakeem, it went Rakeem Felder, Justin Minaya, Brian Bowen, uh, Silva and Kotsar, Kotsar, whatever. And yeah. it, he, he really like quote tweeted it and said, "This is my worst take ever." And it's like, 
It just sucks yeah, so no, much. It, yep. I mean, both of those guys. I mean, and like I said, I'm putting an unfair amount of blame probably, but it just – it's such a disturbing trend. And, again, I know this is out of his control, but it just – it's so disturbing how Frank Martin can't keep a roster intact, can't keep players on the team. I mean – you know, we already discussed the Rakeem Felder thing before. I, you know, the kid seemed like he did what he needed to do, and all of a sudden he's off the team. And then you take a risk on a guy like Brian Bowen, and it doesn't work out. I, I mean, I don't know if you saw this tweet, Tom, but a fan made a really decent you – know, I thought a really good point, honestly, to J.C. Sherbert. And you might completely disagree with me, but I think it's at least worth thinking about that – Frank Martin is a hot two-week run away. If you take that hot two-week run away where South Carolina went to the Final Four, you take that hot two-week run away, Frank Martin is teetering on Dave Odom 2.0 type level. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, if you, okay, really, I, I mean. I don't disagree because, okay, if you look at his entire body of work, and I know he had a, his first three years with him completely rebuilding a roster and one year he kind of got we kind of got snowed in the NCAA tournament but the man has made one NCAA tournament in like was it six years now and if yeah, I, had, I mean the god forbid the people that are you know listen I'm not slandering Frank Martin I think Frank Martin is a really really good coach and especially for South Carolina basketball he's the kind of coach that I think does bring national attention to South Carolina and gives them a chance probably with recruits that maybe they wouldn't have had before. But like you're saying, I mean, one NCAA tournament. And to, th- to me, the thing that's so disturbing is like guys transferring, guys leaving. Yeah. And he's I mean, had no, just, it's not like he's had SEC tournament success to replace that. He, he hasn't. And you would think at this point we could be like similar to what Tennessee is in basketball with how they're consistent every year and like consistently a top 25 team. No, we're not. And it just consistently it, just even solid. I mean, just yeah. even solid. Cause like it, cause we were, a, a, I'm sorry, but a horrible team this year. And it's like no other way to look at it. We didn't make the freaking NIT. Like it's just so hard to look past like the fact that he's, this is his team and you can't blame anybody else for what's happening with how bad they were last year. Like you have to look at him and say, and I know having PJ Lee when he shouldn't have hurt, but it's, it shouldn't hurt that much. Yeah, I 100% agree. And again, again, a lot of lot of South Carolina fans will get very defensive and say, you know, how he's a dare great you? Coach. I'm not saying he's a bad coach. Yeah, well, but. a lot of fans will say, how dare you come after or say anything about the coach that took us to the final four? I'm I'm giving him credit for it. it, it great, good job. But I mean, look look at Jimmy. look at a guy. I mean, I know it's a different sport. But look at a guy like Jim McElwain in football. He won the SEC East back-to-back years, had a bad year, and got fired. Like That, yeah. that happens. That, that kind of thing happens. I mean, Steve Spurrier had, what, three straight 11-win seasons. In 2015, he's the head coach of a 3-9 and nine football team. Like, coaches can be good coaches and bad coaches over a coaching tenure. Yeah, I mean, there, there's there. It's it's okay to be brutally honest and notice a disturbing trend. It just is. I mean, it, it just it just is. I'm not saying he's a bad coach. I'm not saying that South Carolina should fire him. I, I think right. I mean, I think he's the best option for South Carolina. But it is a disturbing trend nonetheless. So, you know, I mean, we'll see what 2018 19 holds. But again, it, it just losing Bowen is just such such a knock for this this program yeah. and I I really like you said the, the lineup that Brad Crawford tweeted out I mean 
Felder, Manaya, you know, Brian Bowen, Silva, Costa. I mean, that team, I think you put that five on the floor, these guys had a real chance to make the tournament. Now, And you, and you could have just, had Zion Williamson, but missed on him. So. Yeah, I mean, it feels like going into this season, it feels like a repeat of last year. It just it just feels like a, a repeat of the same year. So, yeah, I don't see any difference happening. No. We'll, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll have to wait and see, but – who knows? Anyways, moving to baseball, obviously, you know it's been a busy week. We're, we're getting the baseball news last, but obviously the Gamecocks uh, announced on Monday they will be heading to Greenville in the East Carolina Regional. Gamecocks are the two seed. Regional sits right now as East Carolina the one seed. Gamecocks the two. Ohio State as the number three seed and UNC Wilmington as the four seed. Gamecocks will face Ohio State in Greenville on Friday at 2 o'clock Eastern. Gamecocks will throw right-hander Adam Hill. Ohio State throwing a left-hander. I'm not sure of his name. I don't have it pulled up. Um, anyways, you know, South Carolina, I think, you know, Tom got a very, very good draw as far as, you know, the regional they're in. A lot of people obviously had them projected in different areas. Raleigh, uh, Conway was another one. You know, I think Greenville was listed a little bit. But I really thought South Carolina was going to be in Raleigh. Um, Gamecocks, I think, got a huge break by going to Greenville. You know, if you look at the teams again, it's extremely manageable regional, in my opinion. I mean, I, I'm not not going to sit here and lie and say I know a ton about East Carolina, but when you, when I look at who would I rather play, who would, whose regional would I rather be in, East Carolina or NC State, you're going to take East Carolina nine times out of or every single day of the week for sure. Yeah. Uh, and then Ohio State and UNC Wilmington, South Carolina's played UNC Wilmington in the postseason. They kind of know what they're all about. A team that can really swing the bats doesn't really have the arms. Um, and then Ohio State, who's a team that I didn't even know played college baseball until this week. So yeah, that should be very interesting. <laughs> but I really, uh, I really have never heard of them be anything in baseball. So apparently they made the regionals last year too. Um, but uh, again, I just no you know, idea. Big Ten baseball. I, I don't think baseball is high on the priority list in the Big Ten. So, um, but anyways, I, I really think South Carolina's got a really good chance, Tom, to take the regional. I, mean, I think it's a very very favorable regional again, you know, South Carolina went one and two in the SEC tournament. I think a very ho-hum, very, very South Carolina, very South Carolina thing of them to do. I don't think it really matters a whole ton. I still think this is a really good team. I think any team would have been, would have been sweating a little bit to see South Carolina as the number two seed in their regional. And again, I mean, having East Carolina be hosting, it should be a lot of fun. Greenville is going to be absolutely packed, especially if South Carolina and East Carolina face each other. The last time South Carolina was in Greenville in the postseason. They played East Carolina in 2009, and the Gamecocks actually lost that regional to East Carolina. So it should be a fun rematch. Uh, Gamecocks, the or excuse me, the Greenville Regionals actually paired up with the Fayetteville Regional if they do advance. So Arkansas hosting, um, as I mentioned earlier, kind of in my my overreactions of the week, if you will. So it should be a lot of fun. Again, I think South Carolina's got a very, very good chance to make it to the Super Regional round. I think it would definitely benefit them if there was an upset in the Fayetteville Regional. You know, South Carolina hasn't had the greatest success against Arkansas this year. Um, but we'll see. Obviously, you got to take care of business on Friday. Um, you know, I, I think the biggest key to me, Tom, is just South Carolina getting – they just need to get adequate starting pitching. I mean, they don't need yeah. – you know, they don't need – you know, it's, Adam Hill doesn't have to throw his A stuff. He doesn't need to strike out 14 guys. South Carolina just needs average starting adequate. Like I said, adequate starting pitching. And I think the bats will get them enough runs to win. It's just, you know, you look at, uh, you know, the starting pitching was pretty good against Missouri in the SEC tournament. I mean, but you look at the Arkansas game. I mean, Logan Chapman with the walks only lasted an inning and two thirds. South Carolina got blown out in that game. And then Adam Hill against LSU, 
you know, with a ton of walks as well. So, I mean, again, it, 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 you know, if South Carolina starting pitchers can just keep them in the game, I think they've got the bats to do it. I think they've got the bats to win the regional and make a pretty deep run. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think if they can – if you get six innings and three earned runs out of Adam Hill, I think they got a good chance to win. That's a, that's a good start. I, I would – I literally will take six to seven innings from a starter, three to even four runs given up in, in from each of the South Carolina starters. If, if I will – you can say you can either have them go out and have anything happen or I'll give you a guaranteed six innings, three runs. I would take it in a heartbeat. I'll take the six innings, three run runs. Because I think South Carolina – I'll bet on this offense to score more than three runs. I, the yeah. way they're swinging it, I, I really think the the biggest thing, one of the biggest stories to me is is T.J. Hopkins going to be healthy? I mean, he you know been out with the whole the whole back thing. He was able to get in a little bit in the SEC tournament, but he's a guy they desperately desperately need to get back in the top of their lineup. I mean, he's kind of the the, the cog that makes that machine. He's the cog that makes that machine go. And I mean, there, there are different, you know, many people have said it Kingston, you know, a lot of, a lot of different people have said they're just a different lineup when he's in there. So um, that, that'll be something huge to watch, you know, and again, we're going to be following it. I'll actually be, I'll actually be uh, covering the entire regional with help of Patrick DeMar. He'll be covering as well. So it should be a lot of fun. Patrick, I think might actually be in Greenville for that. So I mean, it should be a really, really fun weekend. You know, again, I think South Carolina's got a really, really good chance of winning that regional and, you know, advancing. Again, it's been six years since South Carolina was in Omaha. So, you know, Tom, I think it's I think it's time to make a run. <laughs> I think it's time to make a run. Could be so, a good year. Either way, it feels good to be back in the postseason after missing it last year. I can tell you that much. And it feels good for South Carolina to be in the postseason and college of Charleston to not be. So that's all I got to say about that. Yep. But uh, I think that's about all we've got this week. I think that's pretty much going to wrap us up. So, again, you know, again, if you haven't checked us out, please be sure to go rate, subscribe, share, and download on iTunes, the Stitcher app, wherever you consume your media, wherever you consume your podcasts, all of our social media accounts, Twitter at Armchair S. Carr, Instagram at Armchair S. Carolina, and, of course, Armchair All-Americans. Again, I think that's going to wrap us up. Tom, you got anything else? No, I'm good. All right, perfect. Well, like I said, tune in. Be sure to stick to Armchair South Carolina for all of your regional coverage this weekend. Um, and we will come to you guys again next week. So in the meantime, for Tom, Tom Floyd, I'm Chris Phillips. We appreciate you guys listening. And we will catch you next time. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.